From COK Studios in Tamara Keith's commode, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. On today's show, we'll consider an in-depth look at the turmoil going on inside the Trump White House. We'll also consider some new slang terms and phrases in our ongoing series, Consider the Source. And we'll consider I before E except after C, and the R in rents, but not after the R in previous. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Cake Foundation, helping give cake to people who like cake. For some free cake, visit our website, cake.org, and we'll send you a piece of cake. Mmm, cake. And Moss Feather Meadow, an all-inclusive resort in the heart of organic hemp country. Book now for a special Bikram Bachelorette weekend where all the activities are done at 115 degrees. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. President Trump swore in his new chief of staff Monday morning, former Homeland Security and retired Marine General John Kelly. This came after the departure of Rens Priebus, who left the position last week because he was unable to bring order to a chaotic West Wing. The departure of Priebus came at the end of one of Trump's worst weeks as president, where he openly bullied his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, lost a vote on the repeal of Obamacare, disgraced himself at a Boy Scout jamboree, and came under fire for hiring former hedge fund manager Anthony the Mooch Scaramucci as his new communications director. Scaramucci only lasted a little more than a week in his job as the chaos in the White House reached epic proportions. He was immediately fired by Kelly yesterday in an attempt to return some sense of order to the Trump administration. The Mooch was in the thick of things in his very short tenure, rudely bullying Priebus before his resignation, suggesting he would fire anyone on staff who leaked information, and going off on his colleagues in a foul-mouthed rant in The New Yorker. It's no surprise that Kelly was eager to rid the White House of the vulgar Scaramucci. We are now joined by popular teenage girl and international gossip reporter Melissa Reynolds, who has been following these stunning developments within the Trump team. Hey! Melissa, you've been investigating the White House turmoil this past week. What have you found out? Oh my god. It's the hottest mess I've ever seen. And I went to Polly McDonald's Sweet 16 in Lake Tahoe. There were, like, people huddled in the fetal position, crying in every corner. There were gross piles of pizza crusts and chicken wings all over the furniture. There was puke in the pool and a bunch of gross guys drinking malt liquor, walking around in just their underwear, shoving people into the walls. Well, I didn't mean for you to tell us about Polly's Sweet 16. Tell us about the White House. Um, I was telling you about the White House. Yikes. I know, right? I've never been to a fraternity party, but I bet it's like a thousand times classier than the White House was yesterday. It smells like Dracar Noir and Big Mac farts in the West Wing. Maybe it'll be better now that John Kelly is chief of staff. Did you speak to anyone over there? Well, I was going to talk to my friend Dana's older brother's girlfriend, Gabby, who works there, but she got fired along with some people yesterday by John Kelly. Sounds like a revolving door over there. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Speaking of doors, they've gone through 18 doormen since January at the White House. Apparently, Trump says he doesn't like anyone too tall or handsome. So you didn't talk to anyone then? Oh, I did. I actually talked to Anthony Scaramucci as he left the White House. The Mooch? Uh, yeah, the Mooch. 
Oh, Mr. Scaramucci, I'm Melissa Reynolds from COK News. Please, call me the Mooch. Okay, Mooch. I said the Mooch. Oh, sorry, the Mooch. What's your question for the Mooch? Um, how are you feeling now that you've been fired by the new chief of staff, John Kelly? The Mooch is obviously very disappointed. The Mooch could have made America great again, but I guess those suckers weren't ready to have the Mooch all up in their I can't believe that they just threw the Mooch out just as the Mooch was getting started. The Mooch was too good for those pieces of uh, did they say why they fired you? Something about how the mooch isn't professional enough, and how I was making things more chaotic. You know what? F*** them. That bag of d*** John Kelly told me I was too loudmouthed and crude. The mooch is crude? Well, suck my big Italian balls, you old limp The mooch doesn't need you. The mooch is a winner. And if you think winning is about being nice and not whipping your d*** out and measuring it with anyone who crosses you, then you don't know how to win, and you definitely don't know the mooch. The rest of the interview is pretty much all bleeped, so we should probably just cut it off there. Well, I guess we'll see if the Mooch's departure and the arrival of John Kelly makes any difference in the White House. It can't get any worse, right? <sighs> I keep thinking that, and then I'm proved wrong time and again. Ugh, gross. That was popular teenage girl and international gossip reporter Melissa Reynolds. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to Consider the Source. We're so lucky to have our good friends Constance Kincaid and Prunella Chapman back with us to share some new words and phrases that are not quite in common use. Today they're back in the studio with us. Glad to see you both. <laughs> Happy to be back. <laughs> Likewise, Kana. So I understand you were both in Russia last week. Oh, indeed we were. We went to an international phraseology conference. It was a very interesting trip, to say the least. Yeah, I'm really curious about it. How was it? Well, we had a pretty good experience, but our American colleagues did not have such an easy time in Moscow. Oh, yes. They were put in a much more, shall we say, rustic hotel on the outskirts of town. I think it was called Anatoly Johnson Gulag and Suites. Apparently it burned down back in 1984. Now they rebuilt it. <laughs> no. Oh. So the tension between Russia and the U.S. was palpable. Oh, yes. The threat of U.S. sanctions on Russia really must have upset our hosts because they were going out of the way to make the U.S. phraseologists uncomfortable. The Americans were seated for all of the lectures in hard metal folding chairs, while the rest of us had very plush seats. Oh, the Americans had their conference schedules printed on the back of old Soviet leaflets about glasnost and perestroika, while everyone else had their schedules in nice binders. And while the rest of us got lovely snack bags with a variety of treats at all of the breaks, the Americans were only offered half of a turnip each and uh, some hot water. I tried to give my friend Paula a fruit leather from my snack bag, but I was told I couldn't by a very husky Russian waiter. Oh, that was a waitress, dear. Oh. So what terms and phrases did you pick up at the conference? Oh, we heard all kinds of interesting slang from all over the world. It was a real grabanitsky. That's Russian slang for pleasure. I see. 
Our first term for you is tweet-tatorship. This refers to when a leader attempts a dictatorship through early morning Twitter decrees that have no actual legal backing. As in, Trump thinks he can have a tweet-tatorship, but no laws can be passed in 140 characters at 5 in the morning on social media. Some of our German friends coined that term. Next, we have Zuckerversary. We learned this one from some Canadian kids at the conference. A Zuckerversary is one year of friendship on Facebook. As in, it was our fourth Zuckerversary yesterday, and I watched that stupid video they made with pictures of us. That's a good one. <laughs> Indeed. Finally, we have Vladimir Putin. The Russians use this term when they are happy. As in, when Alexei found out his girlfriend Nadia wasn't pregnant, he was super Vladimir Putin. According to our Russian friends, you can also be Sadimir Putin when things aren't going your way. Like the Americans who got punished for the sanctions on Russia. Yes, they were very Sadimir Putin. Well, thank you both for coming by and sharing this new international slang with us. It, it was Al Ravinitsky! <laughs> Now it's time for our weekly Big Little Wins, because all wins are important these days, even the littlest ones. Congrats to Dan Backdoor Man Taylor from Dallas, who beat his fraternity brother Larry at Rock, Paper, Scissors, and didn't have to make a run to Taco Bell at 2 in the morning for the whole chapter of Lambda Delta Beta. Even though the Taco Bell is only a block away, we definitely can see how not having to pick up all those chalupas and crunch wraps for your drunk frat brothers is a big little win. Our other big little win comes from Iris Thatch of Stillwater, Oklahoma, who filled her entire cellar with cans of Coke Zero before it's discontinued and the recipe has changed. The future is cloudy enough as it is. How can we rely on a corporation's promises that they'll provide us with the same reliable cola flavor? Yeah, sure, they brought Crystal Pepsi back, but it's not the same. We know, and it's not the same. We hope your stockpile lasts for years, Iris. If you or someone you know has a big little win, please share it with us on Facebook or Twitter. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you'd like more from the best-looking news team in public radio, go to our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us for breaking news on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. If you'd like to download the podcast, you can do it at iTunes and at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. Please be sure to leave a review at iTunes if you like us. If you don't, don't leave a review. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. We'll also consider some new slang terms and phrases with the... Ugh, rat. Trying to read what's written. Imagine that. <laughs>